The one to two million slaves that lived in Roman, the Roman Empire would have seen when they saw a cross. There are three things that would define the cross of that time. It would be death, hatred, and shame. Now Jesus redefines that, but for the modern day back then, the, the Roman citizen, the slave that lived in it, or the enemy of Rome, what they would have seen was death. Paul writes this in 1 Corinthians. Us who are being saved, it is the power of God. This is why in church we come together and you might hear some people screaming out praise to Jesus. And it might seem like foolishness to you, or it might make perfect sense to you. And here's why, because it says that the cross itself, it's foolishness. Why is it foolishness? Because the cross is foolishness. It looks like death, hatred, and shame. Look, it's death. Here's how it started. In Babylon, they would take a pole and they would skewer a human on it and they would drop them into a hole and that's how crucifixion began. The Persians then took it from there and then, and then the Romans came across it in the Battle of Gaul when they saw their enemies doing it and they thought, hey, there's something we can actually perfect. They added the crossbar because they had a purpose in it. The purpose of the cross is death, but not just death, it is the most painful and brutal death that exists. So they said, if we add a crossbar, it will actually take longer for the prisoner to perish. The Romans perfected the cross. See, we understand the cross to be on every church, to be in most sanctuaries. We wear it around our necks. We wear it on t-shirts. But for them, that wasn't what they thought of. They thought of death. Do you know that it could take anywhere from three hours to the typical average four days for the prisoner to die? There's reported um, cases where it took up to nine days for that individual to die. They actually, the Romans actually didn't want people to perish quickly, so they, they would perfect it by adding a seat stool on the cross so that people, what, what, they, what prisoners began to figure out is the best way to end this is for me to no longer breathe. And so what they would do is they'd hang down, suffocate themselves, and then they'd lose their life. What they didn't want, the Romans didn't want this, so they created a stool, so they had to sit on it. The cross represented death. It also represented hatred. Do you know that actually, the, the cross wasn't for Roman citizens? It was only for others. It was only for those people that they deemed unworthy. So it was rebels, slaves, and anyone they deemed to be against the empire of Rome. It was a thing of hatred. Here's what one historian writes. In antiquity, thousands upon thousands of people were crucified, which at the time was considered one of the most brutal and shameful ways to die. In Rome, the crucifixion process was a long one, entailing scourging, 
before the victim was nailed and hung on a cross. This was a very common practice in Rome. After one battle, they had 6,000 enemies that were hung along on a cross from one road to another. It was nearly 200 kilometers. The whole road had crucifixes on them. They were, it, was a, it was meant to show the hate of Rome. The hate for Rome of its enemies, of anyone who would stand against it. And we see that this is exactly what Jesus faced. Look at this, he faced death. Matthew 27, 54 says this, that he hung on a cross and he died. And do you know how we know he died? That in that verse, a professional killer, a Roman soldier who was actually skilled in the art of crucifixion. He pronounced him dead. There are some religions who say, no, 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 you misunderstand. He didn't actually die. They thought he was dead. Actually, the gospels tell us that he was stabbed in between the ribs. And he didn't respond. All that came out was water and blood, a, a sign that he had perished. He was dead. Jesus felt the weight of Rome and the hatred of Rome. Matthew 19, 17 through 19 say this. It said that he was insulted. He was humiliated. He was beaten. His beard was ripped out. A crown of thorns placed on his head. Crowds that worshipped him five days before turned and said, crucify him. He was scourged, which, not a word we use often, what scourging was, was a stripping of the clothes, a humiliation of an individual, taking away the manhood and putting him on a pole, binding him to that pole. Then he would take a whip, a whip made of leather, but on the end of it, it would have metal or other objects, rocks, that would be known to cut through human flesh. On the worst occasion, it would expose ribs and intestines. This is what crucifixion meant. This is what Jesus went through. When we talk about the cross, we need to understand it's not just what we see when we look at churches. We need to understand that what first century Romans understood the cross to be was a thing of hatred, a thing of shame. Look how it was shameful. Do you know that actually there was a decree put out that it said it is not polite to speak about crucifixions as a Roman citizen? It was that shameful. Do you know that most people actually weren't buried when they were crucified? They actually stayed up there because it was so shameful for the families. They wouldn't go and retrieve the body and bury them. They were ashamed of it. Jesus felt this shame. Do you know in Deuteronomy it says, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree? For the Jewish audience of that day, it would have been shameful to be crucified. It would have been the worst of the worst deaths. The Romans hated crucifixion. Do you know what they did to our Savior? When they crucified him, they stripped him of his clothes when they were scourging him. But as they were scourging him, they took breaks. This was common in, Roman, in, in, in the Roman centurions. They would take breaks and they would dress up 
the, the prisoner in different outfits. They would, if they were doing many, they often created board games and dressed them up and made them play in between the scourging. This is, this is the hatred and the shame that came with the crucifixion. What did they do to Jesus? Unknowing to themselves, they called him the king of the Jews. They didn't realize that they were prophesying over him that he is the king of kings. They put on his shoulders a purple sash, a purple robe, which is a sign of royalty. They put on him a crown of thorns, which they were humiliating him with. They bowed to him and, and worshiped him and said, oh, here's the king of the Jews. Look at your great king. It was the Roman way of saying, look at this. This is a joke. You call this man your king. Jesus took that hate, that shame, and he went to the cross. But do you know, Jesus took the worst of the cross and everything Rome had. All the hate humanity could place on him. He took that and do you know what he did? He defeated the cross. He overcame the cross. And do you know how we know this? Because the cross is no longer a symbol of death, hatred, and shame. Do you know what it's a symbol of? It's a symbol of lo life, love, and forgiveness. When we look at the cross, we get to say, oh no, that's a cross of life, not a cross of death. That's a cross that brings me love. That's a cross that brings me and has bought my freedom. That's what we get to know when we look at the cross of Jesus Christ. We get to realize that it's not a thing of death. It's a thing of life. Let's look what, the, what we know to be true about the cross. 1 John 4, 9 says this, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into this world that we might live through him. We don't only get things from him. Actually, when Christ was crucified, when we believe on him, we, our old self, dies with him and we come to true life. Before we are in Christ, we are dead in our trespasses and sins. This is what the Bible says. But when we come to Christ, we come alive. The cross, he won that victory on the cross. He took the worst of humanity. He took the hatred of Rome, the shame that was put upon him. He took that for you and I. And he brought and bought a life for us. It says that Jesus came to give us life and life to the full. Before Christ, we are dead. In Christ, we are alive. Colossians 2, 13 through 14 says this. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave all your sins. He canceled the charges of our legal indebtedness which stood against us and condemned us, he took, or he has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. Here's the truth. I'm talking with my sister about the reality of life and death. She's afraid. She carries with it, like all of us, the weight of what will be. No human outruns death. But in Christ, we don't fear death any longer. A conversation I had with my sister yesterday is that the worst thing that could happen is a graduation to your Savior. Jesus gave us life 
He overcame death in the, in the cross and the resurrection. The cross is a symbol of life. We have life in him. And the worst that can happen to us is not the worst, but a graduation church. Christians, we have to realize this is not the best it gets. We get to go to heaven. We get to be with our savior face to face and he will be with us forever. It's a sign of love. John 3:16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Let's be honest, talk is cheap, right? We all know this. It's easy to say love. I love, I love you. I love you. We throw it out like it's nothing, but it's very difficult to live it out, right? Do you know if Christ loves you? We should because the cross represents the love for you. If you don't know Jesus in this place, maybe you've walked away from him or you're just here to make your mom happy. Good, good being a good child. But you need to know this. The cross is the representation of the love that God has for you. He is not far off and distant judging you. He is actually a loving God who sent his son here because of the love that welled up in him. He knew in the garden of Gethsemane, he was, he was praying, is there any, any other way? Can they work for it? Can they pay for it? Is there some other way? And there was no other way. And Jesus said, then I will be obedient to the cross because when I look, I love you. I love you. You need to know that you are loved by the God who created heaven and earth. He loves you. And not just Christians. He loves the world. He died for the world and he's begging them to come and serve him because he loves you. And if you question it, look at the scourging he took. Look at what he did because he said there is no other way to the Father but through me. Church, this is a beautiful gift. The beautiful gift of Christ's love for us was represented on the cross. There's a song. It's called, What Held You on the Cross? It's a sweet 80s hymn. It says this, what held you on the cross was more than just the nails. With all the pain and suffering and all that you had lost, your love for me could only be what held you on the cross. The cross is a symbol of love. And the cross, lastly, is a symbol of forgiveness. It's forgiveness of our sins. The reality is, is that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us have sinned. But let's be honest, that's an archaic way to talk about things, right? Not so much in the church world, but in real life, nobody says sin, really. They're like, you made bad choices. It's not really a good choice. You know, bad decisions. They don't like to say sin. But the truth is this, is that we have all sinned. We have all sinned. And although it may seem like sin is an archaic way, the truth is we all carry the weight of sin. And you know how that's true? Because we may try to explain away Sin, we may try to make it into entertainment. We may try to make it into, it's okay. We're not gonna judge anyone. This is okay. But we can't get away from shame. We all feel shame. More than ever, I hear about people carrying shame. They carry shame. And Christ knows a thing about carrying the shame of mankind. 
And this is what he bought for us. He bought our freedom from sin and he bought our freedom from shame. Because do you know what the answer for shame is? It's not to forget it. It's not to explain it away. It's that somebody knows exactly what you did. They saw you in your face at your worst moment and they forgive you. That is the answer to shame. The thing we lay awake about and we worry about someone finding out and we try to say it's okay, it was the past, it's not gonna, it doesn't define me. Jesus looks at you and sees you in that moment and he knows exactly what you did and he says, I died for that. There's forgiveness in that. Get up and be who I created you to be. That's why we were dead in our trespasses and sins, in our shames, and now in Christ we are free. Jesus has given us freedom. He has given us forgiveness. We are forgiven. I'll finish with this passage. He himself, talking of Jesus, bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. The good news of Jesus Christ was the bad news for Christ. He took upon the weight of our sin, our shame, but it is the good news for mankind because he did not stay on that cross, he did not stay in the grave, he overcame sin and death and we are free. I'm gonna invite Pastor Pam up here, she's gonna lead us in communion. We are going to remember slash celebrate our savior because the cross no longer represents death, hatred, and shame. The cross represents life, love, and forgiveness. Whenever you see it, know those things. We're gonna celebrate the communion. We're gonna remember our savior.